glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Over the tackle of the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. What is going on, guys? It is Thursday, October 25th. It is Matt at it again with the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast. For today's episode, man, I keep running in these time constraints lately, and it's really starting to piss me off, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, Today, I'm actually going to start off the podcast with my Thursday night preview. I know some people like to listen to that before the Thursday night games. It's already kind of late, so I'd like to get that on the front part of the podcast. That way, if you guys can listen to a little bit of of it on your way home from work uh, before the Thursday night game, at least you guys can get that info from me beforehand. After that, I will go ahead and give you guys my top 10 players in my Week 8 rankings at each position and unfortunately that'll probably be it for the podcast today just a quick hitter Uh, obviously tomorrow I will have a full Thursday night uh, breakdown of the game and then I will go ahead and do all of the uh, Sunday preview games as well and my cover for everything I usually do on my Friday podcast. And then uh, for the college stuff this week, I'm probably going to do something late Friday night or during the day Saturday yet again. It just seemed to work out for me better that uh, that way I'm able to kind of focus more uh, on the college stuff, which I like doing. I uh, don't want to kind of rush anything out there Thursday. Like I said, I'm not going to have a lot of time. Might I'll probably move back to Thursdays after this week. Uh, just been a hectic couple weeks for me after going on vacation. I'm sure a lot of you guys can understand going on vacation, coming back to your job, and have to make up almost two weeks weeks worth of work is just extremely frustrating. Uh, so I've got a lot of that regular life stuff to deal with. So with all that going on, I've been kind of unfortunately having to to sacrifice some time in other places. Uh, so I will, like I said, definitely do the, the college stuff probably Saturday or, or maybe late Friday night. We'll see what the weekend holds for me. But with all of that being said and talked about, let's go ahead and jump into our news before we get into the Thursday night breakdown. <laughs> Listen up, everybody. I have some news. So for the news right now, really not a lot going on fantasy-wise. Obviously, there's a lot of NFL news with the trade deadline approaching next week. Uh, A lot of, you know, uh, rumors going around, guys, on the block, who's not on the block. Obviously, the Raiders have come out and said they're not trading Derek Carr. We'll see if that actually happens. Uh, You know, John Gruden, I believe, addressed the rumors saying, and we are not planning on trading Derek Carr. But every time someone calls you, answer the phone, you never know what they're going to, what they're willing to give you. So to me, that doesn't really sound very definitive that they're not going to trade Derek Carr. Uh, I honestly think that they should uh, trade Derek Carr. They've already kind of gone down this road uh, for the rebuild. Uh, I don't know if, if it doesn't seem like John Gruden is sold on Derek Carr. You can probably get something for him, a fairly decent package, you know, especially from a team like the Jaguars. I mean, I know that Derek Carr is not a world beater, but he's 10 times better than Blake Bortles. Uh, and, you know, I, so I think it'd be smart for someone to make a move in, in that position for Derek Carr. But really, uh, 
uh, not much else going on. I mean, Patrick Peterson has come out and said that he's going to be a Cardinal for life now after sitting down with ownership, so I wouldn't imagine he gets moved. Uh, there are talks about Larry Fitzgerald getting moved. I personally don't think that happens, especially with him really kind of having just, the, or at least I believe at the beginning of the year, he said that he was uh, going to retire after this year. I can't imagine he gets traded, but we never know. The Giants, obviously... Uh, had a little bit, not necessarily a fire sale, but traded off Snacks Harrison uh, for fifth-round pick to the Detroit Lions, which I thought was a little light. I thought they could have gotten more for him. Uh, very good defensive lineman. I think is really going to help out that line in Detroit. And then, obviously, Eli Apple went to the Saints. Um, actually gives the Saints quite a lot of Buckeyes. I believe that's six Buckeyes. They might, they might start, uh, start changing their name to the New Orleans Buckeyes with the many uh, Ohio State players as they've got there. But Eli has definitely been disappointing since he's come into the league. Uh, was honestly a really good cornerback at Ohio State and has just not shown quite, I believe, what the Giants have hoped that he was going to be picking him 10th overall. We'll see if he can turn uh, turn his career around at all in New Orleans, playing with, again, a bunch of guys that he played with while at Ohio State and Michael Thomas um, at Marshawn Lattimore. So, with that all being said... Um, Gronk has returned back to practice for the Patriots. That's good news. He's likely gonna means he's likely gonna play Monday uh, against the Bills. Which, if you're a Gronk owner, that's good news because he's likely going to put up a lot of points. Uh, Blake Bortles has come out and said that he knows he's a scapegoat in uh, Jacksonville and couldn't care less. I, I don't know necessarily if he's a scapegoat. I feel like he he's just really not playing that well. Um, and then, obviously, the Browns uh, offensive coordinator, Todd Haley, has come out and said that him and Hugh Jackson are on the same page. That's actually something interesting to watch. Um, I actually think this game this weekend is going to be very good between the Browns and the Steelers. But if the Browns lose, and there's obviously a very good chance that they will, uh, is Hugh Jackson going to be the head coach of the Browns any longer? Could he end up losing his job this weekend or next week? And I think there's a very good possibility as he's really just not – as much as this team has improved, they just cannot seem to get over the hump and maybe time to bring in a new voice there, which, you know, I'm, I've been a huge Hugh Jackson supporter, so it's uh, definitely interesting, at least to me, at the very least, being a Browns fan to see what they're going to do in the next coming weeks. Uh, there was an article released earlier today on teams that uh, could be uh, Byers, uh, Green Bay Packers, Los Angeles Rams trying to get a, another cornerback you know stuff like that on nfl.com i would i would check that out it's a very good read um you know a lot of interesting guys are talking about being on the market and the nfl trade deadline has actually become very interesting much like the mlb and nba trade deadlines uh in the past you would see especially with the nfl when their trade deadlines would come up it would not be that much uh and obviously the nba and mlbs can be extremely hectic where now uh, that seems to be a big deal. The past couple of years, the NFL trade deadline has actually uh, produced quite some interesting trades, not just for the NFL, but for fantasy. You know, just one off the top of my head, obviously the Amari Cooper trade already happened, uh, but one that would be interesting to see is if someone trades for LaShawn McCoy. Uh, again, not, uh, I believe this is the last year of his contract with the Bills. 
Uh, definitely someone who's obviously not going anywhere with the Bills right now. That that team is not going to make the playoffs. There's a a team that's uh, competing for a playoff spot or already in the well, technically in a playoff spot. No, nobody's in the playoffs yet, uh, but in a playoff spot that needs a running back. Does someone reach out and try and get Shady McCoy? It'll definitely be interesting to see. You know, does someone try and trade for? Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Bridgewater, who's down as the backup quarterback in New Orleans right now. Does someone trade for Tyrod Taylor, who's the backup quarterback in Cleveland? It's uh, very interesting to see what's going to go down in the next week. So that is really all we've got news-wise for today. Uh, Since, like I said, uh, I'm doing this a little bit later, I'm going to do the Thursday night breakdown now. So for tonight's game, we have the Miami Dolphins and the Houston Texans going at it. The Dolphins and Texans both sitting at 4-3 and three at the moment. Uh, Texans are the home team. They're being given the 75% chance to win and are a 7.5 favorite. So... In this game, for the Dolphins, we already know that Ryan Tannehill is out. He will not be playing. It will be on the Brock Lobster. Once again, to play, Albert Wilson was placed on the injured reserve. Mike Gusecki, A.J. Derby are both questionable. And Kenny Stills is out. So... Miami is clearly going to be struggling here offensively. Um, Their only wide receivers currently available to play are as followed. Danny Amendola, Jakeem Grant, Devontae Barker. That's it. That's all they've got going for him. So Danny Amendola is a guy that I like here in this matchup. uh, He's obviously come on the past couple weeks putting up double-digit points last week, getting 20-plus. Obviously, Brock Osweiler and him have a decent enough connection. I think he's a guy that Brock is going to look to early and often if this offense can get going, which is going to be tough. They have a really tough matchup in this Houston defense, defense, and front line. And I meant Houston Texans defense, not Houston's defense, defense. Anyways, guys. Uh, So Brock, I'm not expecting to have a good game here. I'm not expecting him to repeat the kind of... uh, games that he's had the past two weeks I uh, honestly hope I'm wrong here because I'd love to see a good game tonight I would hate for this to be a bad game Uh, but again Danny Amendola is really the only guy I would trust here I could see Jakeem Grant putting up some points and having a big play but the only guy I would trust out of that team is Danny Amendola at tight end, all they have is Gavin Escobar, so I wouldn't even mess with tight end and I honestly wouldn't start Brock unless you're desperate for the running back so Kenyon Drake obviously looked really good last week. I'm hoping that they'll lean on him more uh, and more going through the season. I obviously have, have said many a times and will continue to say uh, I love Kenyon Drake. I think he's an extremely talented back. I think he's the best back they have on the team. As good as Frank Gore has looked, I just don't think that he is as talented as Kenyon Drake is now. Uh, I'm sure Gore is going to get some run tonight. He's going to get some carries. Again, it's against a tough defense, but I expect Kenyon Drake to have a good game here tonight. I have him projected for about 15 points, right or 15.8, right under 16. Said I actually think he's going to have a good game tonight. I think he showed a little bit of his receiving game out of the backfield last week. I think that's where he could succeed tonight because I don't see him rushing up the middle against the guys of J.J. Watt and... Jadavion Clowney and Whitney Merciless. I mean, these guys are lo- they're loaded right up there at the defensive front and linebacking core. Uh, so I don't expect Kenyon Drake to obviously do a lot of success right up the gut. But I do think he he, he could have a, some decent success in the receiving game, especially if they're willing to get him the ball uh, You know, on some screens and everything. I think he can do a lot of damage after the catch. For Houston's side here, 
Deshaun Watson, uh, again, is a little concerning for me. We talked about him uh, the other day. He's just not uh, been uh, – he's had a couple bad games in a row now, and he's had three really good games. It's hard to kind of figure out what Deshaun Watson is. Uh, just 10 touchdowns and seven interceptions at the moment. Uh, I do expect him to have a good game tonight because I'm not that impressed with Miami's uh, secondary. Uh, obviously, love Rashad Jones. The dude is a beast, and I really think that Minka Fitzpatrick has been very good uh, since being drafted there. But all together as a whole, the team, I don't think they're they're doing that good. Not expecting Lamar Miller to have a good night tonight, so if you have him on your team, obviously start him uh, because I was completely wrong about that last week. Uh, but... You know, all kidding aside, I, I, I'm just not feeling it for not, with Lamar Miller. I don't think he's going to have a good night. Uh, I, I do like, obviously, Hopkins. If you have him, you're starting him. Uh, but I'm not expecting him to have a huge night. I actually have him ranked a little bit lower than usual. Usually, he's, like, right up in my top eight. Sorry, I meant more. Like, I usually have him more in the top five. Um, I have him at ten today. With, I still have him getting 17 points just because I think he's going to get you a, a buku amount of catches, and I do think he scores because uh, that's what he does. De- DeAndre Hopkins scores. He already had, I mean, only has four touchdowns on the year, which is not great, but a lot of that I think too is contributed to how bad Deshaun Watson's been. I do think Watson is going to be able to get out of the pocket a little bit here and extend plays. While I'm not expecting Watson uh, to have a huge game this week, I do have him getting about 18 points. So. You know, he's going to come through for you at quarterback. You know, funny enough, actually, I have him getting 18 points and ranked 18th at quarterback. That's how good I think the quarterback position could be this week with a lot of great matchups, and we'll get more into those tomorrow. But again, Hopkins, just four touchdowns on the year. I do think he scores here. I actually wouldn't be surprised if he scores two uh, and just doesn't get a lot of yards tonight, but uh, I realistically have him for... For I believe uh, when I was had my I've lost my paper guys I'm so sorry but I believe it was uh, for about 85 yards a touchdown and five catches of what I had him for is how I got up to my 17 points if I remember correctly uh, so you know but I wouldn't be surprised if he scores twice and maybe only gets you like 40 yards or something like that I do expect Will Fuller to have a good game here as well this week. Um, just don't see anybody being able to cover him in the slot and obviously Kiki Kuti. Being out helps him as well as I do think all of the uh, all the targets are going to literally be funneled funneled to just DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. I don't think uh, Watson's looking anywhere else. And um, you know, like I said, I'm hoping for a good game tonight. Obviously, Brock Osweiler has been on fire the past two weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and has at least a decent game here. Uh, but most of the time, these games lead lean toward the home team, and Houston is the home team. I think they've been playing better over the past couple weeks. So I expect Houston to come away with this one and Deshaun Hopkins and Fuller all coming through for you in fantasy and Miller not on the Dolphins side again. Just Danny Amendola and Kenyon Drake for me. Uh, again, if you're desperate need to start Osweiler, you can. I think he could end up having a good game, but I wouldn't start him if you can avoid it. So that'll be it for my Thursday. Oh, and I'm sorry, and I have the Texans winning the ball game. So. That'll do it for my Thursday night breakdown or preview. Uh, Again, we'll do the breakdown tomorrow on Friday's podcast. So after that, we will jump into my rankings for the week, my top 10 at each position. Now you kids are probably asking yourselves, hey Matt, 
How can we get back on the right track? My number one quarterback this week should come as no surprise to anybody. It's that bad man, Aaron Rodgers, up in Green Bay. Have a really um, interesting matchup, I guess is the way to put it, with the Los Angeles Rams this week. Obviously, I imagine the Rams are going to be putting up a fair amount of points. They're averaging over 30 points a game, and Aaron Rodgers is going to have to keep up. They don't have quite the rushing attack that the Rams do, so I imagine most of the points that they're going to get is going to be literally direct uh, directly linked to Aaron Rodgers and him rushing the ball and throwing it. I expect him to have a huge game this week. Number two, I have is Patrick Mahomes because, well, he's finishing up there every week. Might as well just put him there and get something right. Um, has a good matchup this week uh, against a really good Denver defense. Or Well, they have been decent against the pass, not so good against the run, but I expect this to be a little bit more of a shootout than most people. I expect Patrick Mahomes to get his. Number three, Kirk Cousins. Didn't quite work out for me last week. Obviously, I had him ranked as the number one quarterback overall, and he finished all the way down at about 14, I believe is what it was. But Kirk is getting a struggling Saints defense at home on Sunday night football. Really looking forward to this game as I think this could be a just huge offensive game and a huge game for fantasy uh, if you have players in it. And I expect Kirk to come through for you here. Number four, I have Andrew Luck uh, playing just a really bad Raiders team on the road. Uh, I don't expect that they're going to be in the game much. My one concern with having Luck this high... Uh, is I do think he'll be able to put up a couple uh, a couple touchdowns, maybe two, three in the air, and then if another one is scored on the ground or defensively, I think that they do kind of shut it down and just kind of run some clock out. If that happens, I'm a little worried that Luck's not going to end up putting up the points uh, that he needs. I have him with 23 points this week. However, uh, you know, last week he didn't throw the ball much, but they were able to get up so quickly that he still got you fantasy points with over 20 points because he threw the four touchdowns, and that's kind of what I'm expecting him to do here. Number five, I have famous Jameis Winston. Going up against a good Cincinnati team, and that's uh, exactly why I think he'll come through for you. By hook or by crook, as I believe Matthew Berry says, he's been coming through with fantasy points every week. Uh, he's been averaging over 300 yards in the passing game. Why threw two interceptions last week against Cleveland. I don't expect him to do that this week against Cincinnati. Cincinnati's going to put up points, and Winston's going to have to throw to keep up. Number six, Drew Brees. Uh, you know, same same sentiment with Kirk Cousins. Uh, while they are on the road in MNT MNT Bank Stadium, it is a dome. Brees has always succeeded in domes. Uh, and I expect Kirk Cousins and them to come out and try and be aggressive and throw on this defense. And their Brees and the Saints are going to have to do the same to keep up. And uh, the Minnesota Vikings defense has been had at times this year. Number seven, I've got Teflon Tommy. God, I keep going Scottish there at the end, and I'm I'm focusing so hard, and I want it to be Boston. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to work on my Boston accent because I'm I swear I'm sounding way too too Scottish or Irish there. But Tom got him there. I mean, going up against the Buffalo on Monday night, I know a lot of people are expecting a blowout here. I actually think it's going to be a semi decent game for at least three quarters. Uh, Buffalo's defense has actually been very good against the pass. They've struggled against the run. Um, and I do expect Tom Brady to somewhat use that to his advantage. He's always been very good about stuff like that, uh, good game plans and executing the game plans with Bill Belichick. Uh, I do expect James White to get a lot of work here in the receiving game and passing game, and I do expect 
Edelman and Gordon to have good games as well. And for them to have good games, Tom Brady has to have a good game. Number eight, I have Cam Newton. Uh, I know a lot of other analysts don't have him quite as high. He is going up against a very good Baltimore Ravens defense. I have Cam that high because I actually expect this to be a little bit more high scoring than most. Um, I expect both teams to be able to put up about 20-ish points on each other. Uh, Baltimore's offense has actually looked really good over the past few weeks. So is Carolina's defense. So I expect them to be able to put up some points. And Cam is going to have to do whatever it takes uh, to sort of match what Joe Flacco and the Baltimore Ravens are doing. Uh, and I expect him to. You know, All it takes is him to kind of put up one rushing touchdown and he's getting close to making your guys' day as he's getting you the six points right there. And we all know that he can do it. He's not adverse to rushing multiple touchdowns as we've already seen earlier this year. So I expect Cam Newton to come through for you in fantasy. I've got him at number eight. Number nine, I have uh, Jared Goff uh, going up against Green Bay. Uh, Like I said earlier, I expect this to be a very high-scoring game. Aaron Rodgers is going to have to do everything he can to put this team on his back and try and beat the Rams here. Um, I actually think they're going to be able to slow down Todd Gurley somewhat. Not a a huge amount as Todd Gurley uh, has proven that he is a god among men. But I do think that the defense is going to come out and try and focus on him. And they're going to expect Goff to beat them. And I think Goff can beat them. Uh, I think he is talented enough. But I expect him to put up a lot of work with his receivers this week against that Packers defense. And number 10, I have Big Ben going up against Cleveland. He almost always does good against Cleveland. Uh, you know, obviously struggled in week one with all the turnovers, but still ended up putting up points with multiple touchdowns. Uh, I expect him to just continue his usually dominant ways against Cleveland this week. And then my my pick outside the top 10 to jump up into it was Matthew Stafford at 15. The Lions uh, got a good matchup in Seattle this week. Um, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks coming off a bye, having two weeks to prepare for this game. I expect Seattle to come out strong here and put up points, and then Matthew Stafford is going to have to throw it to get back into it. Uh, I know that on Johnson went crazy on the ground last week, but I just don't expect the Lions to continue using, uh, or they'll use him, but not use him that much as they have always been kind of a very pass-heavy team. Could be wrong on him, but I, I like his odds to kind of jump up this week as I expect that to be a fairly good scoring game. For my running backs now, so number one, I have obviously Todd Gurley. Um, I just I don't think you can at rank him outside of the number one spot until he proves that he's not going to be the number one running back every week. I do think that he's going to struggle a little bit here against Green Bay this week. Like I said, they they have a decent run defense, and I do think that they plan to come out and try and slow him down as he is by far their best player and their best weapon. Uh, so while I don't see them being able to slow him down completely, I do think he scores and gets you enough points to justify that number one spot. Number two, I have Saquon Barkley. Tough game this week um, against the uh, the Redskins. Uh, they obviously you know, just completely swallowed up Zeke last week. Uh, Zeke was not able to do anything against them. Saquon is obviously by far the superior pass catcher over Zeke. Uh, so I do expect him to get a lot of points there. Uh, but I don't expect him to do much in the rushing game. But then again, he's been much better in the receiving game all all year long. I expect him that continue, and he's going to help uh, lead you up into that number two spot there. And the running backs this week, number three, James Conner. He went off against Cleveland in week one. 
While he's had a couple down weeks, he's obviously been a top five running back, or at least a top ten running back all season long. Uh, Cleveland has been getting gashed by the by the run game here the past couple weeks, and I expect James Conner and the Steelers to continue that trend. Number four, Joe Mixon. Again, I really think that this uh, game with the uh, Bengals and the Buccaneers is going to be a very good game. Uh, Nick Chubb had some pretty good success here against the Buccaneers defense last week. I expect Joe Mixon to be able to do the same thing. Uh, of course, his ability to catch the ball and make people miss in the receiving game adds the extra value to him, and that's why I have him all the way up there. At number four, I'm expecting a huge game for him, a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown this week. Number five is Kareem Hunt. Uh, Hunt does worry me a little bit here. A lot of the projections I have for him up here at number five is because of how bad the Broncos have been against the rush, especially the past couple weeks, obviously getting gashed by people. Um, And I'm not 100% sure that that happens here. I actually think Kareem Hunt could have a quiet day. Uh, But the analytics and everything are saying otherwise. I should probably learn to trust my gut more, especially if I end up being right about this one. I do have him at five, but I could see him being closer to, you know, 15 or 16. Uh, with the way I think this Denver defense could improve overnight. Number six, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, You know, I know he's going up against a really good Baltimore Ravens team and linebackers, but he's just so versatile. I expect them to use him in all different ways Sunday if they want to try and get the win against Baltimore. Number seven is Alvin Kamara. Again, Monday night game, or sorry, Sunday night game against the Vikings. The Vikings defense has really struggled recently. They're not quite the defense we saw last year. Um, I expect them to kind of rely on Alvin Kamara in the receiving game out of the backfield here and continue using Mark Ingram in more of a rushing role, uh, but do expect Kamara to have a fairly good game. Number nine, on Johnson of the Detroit Tigers was awesome last week. Uh, showed everybody in the world why you should be high on him and why he should be the starting running back in Detroit. And I don't think they go back. I think they stick with him. Uh, while I don't expect him to put up 20-plus points again this week, I do have him at 17. I expect him to ball out for you. And number 10, Philip Lindsay of the Denver Broncos. So Royce Freeman is likely going to be out. While Devonta Booker is going to get some work, I do think that the backfield is going to rely heavily on Philip Lindsay, not just in the rushing game, but the receiving game. We've seen that the Chiefs can be had at times with uh, with the rushing attacks and everything, so I expect Philip Lindsay to come through for you big here. My pick outside the top 12 that could possibly jump up into it is Kenyon Drake. I have him at uh, all the way down here at 14, so not far off the top 12, but uh, I expect him to have a very good game here tonight against the Houston Texans defense and finish up there in the top 12 of running back one this week. As for our wide receivers now, so number one, I got my guy, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, After last week's game, I think he just continues to ride that hot hand I do think Eli is looking a little bit better every week. I think that they're going to look for him on a consistent basis here uh, against the Redskins. I don't think that... uh, I think this is kind of be, in a way, a revenge game for him and Josh Norman after the crap that happened last year. I think Odell wants to destroy him for what happened. 
Um, and I do think that he's actually going to do that this week. I have him as my number one. My number two should come as no surprise as Adam Thielen. Uh, he's been the number one most of the year and how good he's been. I think that he breaks the record this week uh, for eight straight games with 100-plus yards, and I do think that he actually scores as well in this game. Number three, AJ. Oh, my God, I messed up. I stopped looking at my rankings. Number two, I have Devontae Adams, guys. Uh, because I do think, like I said earlier with Aaron Rodgers, that this is going to be a game where Aaron Rodgers is going to have to throw the ball a lot. I don't trust anybody else on this team but Devontae Adams. Uh, Aaron Rodgers obviously trusts him immensely, and I think he's going to get buku catches and buku points for you uh, to try and help the Packers upset the Rams. Number three I have is Adam Thielen. Number four, A.J. Green. Um, I'm a little worried about Green here. Uh, I do think that Tyler Boyd could end up actually outplaying him. Uh, again, this is a fairly good matchup actually for them as uh, Tampa Bay has kind of had the ball thrown all over them the past couple weeks, including by the Browns. I expect A.J. Green to ball out as well. Uh, number six, I'm sorry, number five, Antonio Brown. He's been a Cleveland Browns killer. No reason that changes now unless Juju just completely blows everybody away. Number six now, Michael Thomas. Uh, struggled a little bit for two weeks. Uh, looks like he's struggling with drops a little bit, but Michael Tam Michael Thomas is just too damn talented. Drew Brees is going to go to him whenever he can. He loves the kid, and obviously we all do for fantasy as well. I expect him to have a huge game. Number seven, Jarvis Landry. I expect him to come just under 20 points this week. I expect him to get a touchdown. I think he's going to get 10 catches as well. This dude has just been awesome so far this season when he's gotten a chance. Uh, obviously had a huge game last week. I expect that to continue here. Number seven, um, number eight, Stephon Diggs. So Stephon Diggs has obviously struggled. Due to how good Adam Thielen has been, I do think that these teams will at times kind of double cover Adam Thielen and allow Stephon Diggs to come out of the slot uh, and allow him to break open somewhere or at least be, uh, he'll be given the chance to be in single coverage, I think, at times in this game and hopefully Cousin takes advantage of it. Uh, I've got both of these guys up there. As, like I said, I think this is going to be somewhat of a shootout. Number nine, Juju Smith-Schuster. He did extremely well against the Browns uh, in game one. And I expect him to continue the role that, or the, yeah, really the role that he's been on. He's been awesome. Uh, Cleveland, I think, at times is going to put Denzel Ward on Antonio Brown. And I'm not sure any of those other guys will be able to cover Juju. He he dominated when he was able to get uh, Denzel Ward off of him in that first game. I think that's going to happen a lot here as well. And then, obviously, number 10, I have DeAndre Hopkins going tonight. Like I said, uh, as much as I love Rashad Jones for the Dolphins, I'm not sure anybody else can really cover Hopkins. Watson's going to be able to roll out, I think, here against this defense. Uh, and that's really the only two targets he has is him and Will Fuller, and he trusts DeAndre Hopkins. He's obviously just one of the best wide receivers in the league. Dude's proved it with crap quarterbacks and good quarterbacks. I expect him, like I said, to put up uh, just a bunch of yards tonight and at least score once, if not twice, and just kind of dominate in fantasy this week, and I have him at number 10. My guy outside the top 12 that I think could jump up into it is John Brown. I have him at 15 right now. Um... Obviously just been having a really good season, one that not a lot of people expected. 
I think I really think he's going to have to be the one to come through if the Ravens want to win this game. Uh, I think that Michael Crabtree has become more of a possession receiver. I think the Panthers can uh, do a good job kind of covering him and slowing him down. It'll be John Brown taking uh, taking it over the top and kind of busting open this defense. I think he's a chance to really outbeat the projections I gave him of just 15.4 points. Now, last but not least, my top 10 in the tight ends is really, I don't think, changing much every week because this position has really just kind of been dumbed down for fantasy and the fact that I think there's really only a few guys that are elite. Um, And so I, I don't see this changing much. Obviously, number one, Rob Gronkowski going up against that Buffalo defense. I know they've been good against the pass, but this dude, he's going to get open. He's going to get his... Travis Kelsey, I've got it too. Um, as I talked about earlier, I think this is going to be much more of a shootout than people think. I do think that the the Broncos defense has been embarrassed against the run. I think they're going to do everything they can to slow down Kareem Hunt. And I do think that they'll try and stop Tyree Kill. And that'll leave Travis Kelsey right there in the middle of the field. And Mahomes is just going to hit him early and often. Number three, I have David Njoku. Uh, he's really come on like gangbusters here. The past four weeks with Baker, um, he's been scoring, getting catches, yards. I think that just continues here. Uh, I think Njoku's going to eat against Pittsburgh. Number four, Zach Ertz. Uh, The Eagles have an interesting game this week going up against, obviously, the Jaguars, who you would think uh, earlier in this year would have been like a prime matchup, but both teams have kind of been struggling. It's the early morning game in London. Since Carson Wentz has been back, uh, Ertz has been the number one tight end. He's actually the number one tight end, even with Nick Foles in there. He's just been getting targeted all day long, and I think that's going to happen here. I don't see anybody on the Jaguars defense really being able to slow him down. Number five, I have Jared Cook. A lot of that due to the fact that there's really no one else in Oakland to throw to but Jordy Nelson. I don't trust Martavius Bryant. I don't trust Seth Roberts. Uh, So I imagine that Cook is going to get a heavy, heavy workload, especially this week. Number six, George Kittle. Um, He's just Ben Bethard's go-to guy. Uh, I think that this game has sneaky fantasy upside in the 49ers and Cardinals. I don't think either defense is really that great. And both quarterbacks, I think while they are struggling a little bit, I think could end up putting up points and trying to keep up with each other. Uh, I think this could realistically be like a 28-30 game kind of deal. And I think both guys put up points. And then obviously, like I said, Kittle has been Bethard's like go-to guy, uh, even going back to last year. So I expect him to get a fair amount of looks this week. Number seven, Eric Ebron. He struggled last week. I do think he comes back and uh, puts up a lot of points this week going up against just a a Oakland team that's been decimated by trades and everything. I, I, these guys, they, they know they're rebuilding. I'm not expecting much out of them, though. Indy is only a three-point favorite. I expect him to get at least one touchdown this week. Number eight, Jimmy Graham. Um... For this, really, it was just about the fact that I actually think the Packers are going to upset the Rams here, uh, and I think he's going to get himself a touchdown. Uh, I actually think he's getting himself two touchdowns, and that's really all that he gets. But, guys, that's all that matters in fantasy, right? Six points, and I I think he's going to get two of those touchdowns this week. 
Number nine, O.J. Howard. He's been really good with Winston, which was surprising. Cameron Brait has seemed to always have been Winston's guy, uh, but he's really liking O.J. Howard. He's targeted him a lot, targeted him more than Cameron Brait since coming back, um, and I think he can easily put up work against some of these Bengals safeties and linebackers. And then number 10, I have uh, just barely... Greg Olson, uh, I think he's slowly been getting better every week. I do think that he is definitely by far a better red zone target than anything else right now at this point in his career, but I do think that Cam Newton will get him the ball in the middle of the field and get him some yards, and I do think that he scores. And then my guy outside the top 12 this week is Kyle Rudolph. I have him at 13, uh, and that's just because I actually think that he's going to score this week. Uh, against the Los Angeles Rams, I don't expect him to not do anything much like last week. Uh, or I'm sorry, against the New Orleans Saints. They're playing the Saints this week. Uh, but I do expect him to put up about 40 yards and get you a touch this week. So that will do it, guys, for my Thursday podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I will be back tomorrow with the Thursday night breakdown and then all of the Sunday previews. Um, And then depending on how quick that goes, I might do the college football stuff on the end of Friday's podcast, but likely we'll do a Saturday one for that. So, again, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, lineup questions, Uh, obviously start sit or you guys have anything else you want to talk about please hit me up at sports fanatic mb on twitter or as or of course you guys can always email me fantasy roundtable at yahoo.com all under case until we talk again tomorrow guys enjoy the game tonight peace prepare for glory Who can make a break? I can! Who can make a break? I can!